Today on Locked on A's, we are talking about the A's in Texas. It didn't go well, but let's get into it. Uh, also, we're going to be talking about Cole Irvin and his pitch mix, finally. And then also there's some tidbits that we need to go over. Frankie Montas' status. And also the A's made a waiver claim and uh, picked up Dave, David McKay. So what's he about? Uh, let's get into it. You are Locked on A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, Ace fans, and welcome to episode 425 of the Locked On Ace Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, we're getting into Paul Blackburn faltering at the first and then figuring it out later on, so that was really cool. Uh, we're going to be talking about Cole Irvin and his pitch mix. I've been teasing this one for about a week now. I am very excited to bring you my findings and the findings that have changed over time. It's going to be that's going to be a fun segment for you guys. And then uh, coming up at the end, we're just wrapping up some storylines from around A's world and uh, getting you guys ready for the next day. So before I get into it, though, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Also, make sure to follow us on social media, Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, follow us in our Twitter community. I just look Locked on A's in the community tabs. And uh, yeah, just shout me out and uh, give me a little a little mailbag question that you would like answered. And also, thank you guys so much for making Locked On A's your first lesson of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. But uh, let's get into, let's start with Game 3. And we're mostly going to focus on Game 3, which was the game that uh, me, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, decided was the win of the week. And that did not happen. The A's lost this one 5-2. to two. They did... Make it interesting in the in the bottom of the night or top of the night there. Uh, they had runners on second and third, and Stephen Vote. I almost texted, I believe, but then he flew out on the first pitch after a pitching change, and uh, I, I didn't have time, so <laughs> so that did not happen. But amazing things did happen in this game. Sky Bolt hit a home run. It was 105 off the bat, and it went 422 feet. Sky Bolt, home run machine. Uh, Obviously, adding uh, his resume right next to the hitting machine, Vimyamachin. So uh, that's pretty cool. And also, in this series, the A's beat the Rangers. Amazing things happen. So always a positive light when you're talking about A's baseball. The 30-win Oakland Athletics. Uh, now now they join all of baseball with 30 wins. It They were sitting on 29 for a while there. And I was a little scared that they would never win number 30. But... Uh, it wasn't the game that I declared would be the win of the week. And I think that there's a flaw in my logic where I'm picking the opposing pitcher based on hot and cold because uh, they are usually hot and cold pitchers. And John Gray was pretty solid tonight. Uh, the A struck out 12 times in this game. That's a lot. And, and, you know, Paul Blackburn and company, and by company I mean Domingo Tapia, um, they struck out five. They they. They struck out five guys. So uh, not a great comparison on that front, but this is not what I saw happening on Monday when I recorded the podcast, or Sunday, actually, when I recorded that podcast. So, oh, well, uh, 
This is adding to the mysticism, though, of win of the week, the segment moving forward, though. And uh, right now I'm over two. The mysticism is, will I ever be right? I don't know. Maybe it's they, they win. They, they have a seven-game week, and I pick one game, and that's the one game they lose all week, and then they win six. And, hey, they're winning a game a series to start a week now. And so things are changing. Things are going great right now. And I think that's really the takeaway that we should take from <laughs> me choosing a game at random with flawed logic, I'm going to say, because I'm over to. Do not come to me for your betting advice, but you do come to me for where to place bets, and that's bet online. Obviously, we'll get into them a little bit later. But um, yeah, at this rate, I am not looking great at picking one of the week, but that's going to be part of the fun. I'm going to fully embrace my terrible picks each and every week. So uh, make sure to tune in on Mondays for that one. Uh, Also in the series, Sean Murphy went five for 12 in the series, but he did not hit a home run in Texas. And that is baffling to me because if there's one thing that I know about Sean Murphy, he loves hitting in that ballpark for, for some reason Uh, in 2020 and 2021, obviously one of those was a shortened season. So we only had a couple of series in 2020, but uh, he had the longest home run that I think he's ever hit in that ballpark to kind of christen it uh, because it was a brand new ballpark in 2020. And uh, he hit in, in two series that he played three games last year, he had four home runs total. So uh, he crushes the ball in Texas. He did not go deep in this game. This is not the first time he's never gone deep, but it is more odd that he didn't go deep against Texas in Texas than not. Maybe it's because they, you know, spent money during the offseason and have a better team now. But I'm using heavy air quotes on that one. <laughs> but I still expect the best out of Sean Murphy. And the best is coming, actually, in July because he is hitting 357 this month. Obviously, we're only 13 days into the month. It's not even halfway done, but there is going to be an all-star break. So basically half of the games have been played. So he's been pretty good. And he also has a 396 on base. He has one home run, but he's hitting the ball well. Those hits are finally falling. He's been crushing the ball all season, and now those those balls are finding holes. And that is why he's hitting 357 this month. So he is red hot heading into the All-Star break. He's got three games, depending on how many he plays, uh, against the Houston Astros heading into the break. And then, hey, we'll see if he's still an A in August. So it should be lots of fun. Uh, I do fully expect him to get traded. I don't know if it's going to be at the trade deadline or during the offseason. It depends on what the offers are out there at the trade deadline, honestly. And I'll get into that a little bit next week because (laughs) it's the all-star break and there's not going to be games to talk about. So let's talk about trading more of your favorite players. Uh, I love breaking hearts over here. But uh, last thing for this segment, and that is Paul Blackburn. He had a really, really tough first inning. Um, He gave up five earned runs on three singles, three walks, and allowed two stolen bases, which kind of came into play. But I don't know that they would have necessarily mattered if they didn't happen because the guys would have scored anyway. Beside the point, I was a little bit worried that this would happen, Uh, usually with, you know, guys heading into the all-star break when it's their last start you see them ease up on the gas a little bit and maybe they're not as effective in that final start before the all-star break and then you have time to wonder hey are they okay or is it the last start before the all-star break like what's going on here but uh he put all those those doubts to rest immediately because in the second through the sixth inning which was his final inning uh he was really really good uh he completely turned things around and finished with a final line of six innings pitched. He gave up three hits. All of those were in the first inning. He gave up five runs. 
all of those were in the first inning. Four walks. Uh, only one of those was after the first inning, and then he struck out four. Uh, three of those came after the first. He struck out one guy in that terrible, terrible first inning. But not a bad outing overall if you take out the first inning. He had a really solid five innings, and uh, you know, heading into the season, that's kind of what we expected from Paul Blackburn is give me five. And he's been going six, seven. He's he's an all-star now. He's been really, really good all season. So maybe we're getting a little bit greedy with what we're expecting out of Paul Blackburn at this point. And maybe we should expect a little bit of regression as teams see him a second or a third time. And there's more video on what he's doing differently this season, which I talked about on Monday's pod. So uh, check that out on what he's doing, because I thought it was interesting. And it's it's his pitch mix, obviously, but what's he doing? It's not just the curveball. There's more to it. So, uh, Coming up on the show, though, I'm talking about Cole Irvin's pitch mix and what's been leading to his success this season. Uh, I've been, I'm a big Cole Irvin guy, and I like pumping him up when I can, which is quite often this year, honestly. He's a great dude. So uh, I'm talking about Cole Irvin and what he's doing to just baffle hitters this season. But first... Whether you're ready to pop the big question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. And what better way to get an engagement ring than giving your hopefully wife to be or you know spouse to be just a, something that represents them and you can do that through blue nile with a one of a kind engagement ring or just fine jewelry ring whatever you want to do they can make it custom for you and i think that that's amazing and you can make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. and locked on a's listeners get off a purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings, which that comes in handy. I got to say, I I paid for an engagement ring. That stuff is expensive. So definitely take advantage of this one. If you plan on popping a question at any point ever, uh, use the code locked on. That is code locked on. Plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please follow our Twitter community and uh, it's at locked on A's just type that in and then you can propose any mailbag questions give me some trade proposals I want to read those on the air and say yay or nay let's do that for next week give me some trade proposals I'll tell you what I like about them what I don't hopefully I like all of them perfectly and I will just approve everything uh, yes, I will. Uh, Julio Rodriguez to the A's for Cole Irvin. That, that they wouldn't like that. Uh, Frankie Montas. Uh, yes, approved. I like it. Let's do it. Let's get Julio in the green and gold. Uh, he's really, really good. But uh, Cole Irvin has also been really good, and he's been doing it very quietly, too. He's had a solid first half, posting a 332 ERA, which is honestly all-star worthy on this team. Uh, it's a better ERA than Paul Blackburn, especially after Wednesday's outing. So he had an argument to be the A's all-star representative. He's not going to be it, but that's great. Polly B deserves it too. Cole Irvin, 
He's going to be doing this for years. He's a crafty lefty. He'll be fine. But uh, that's this ERA, this 332 ERA, is right in line with Garrett Cole and better than you, Darvish, Shane Bieber, and Aaron Nola. Those are three guys that have been perennial Cy Young contenders, as long as Garrett Cole, who is a former Cy Young winner, if I'm not mistaken, these are guys that he is pitching like right now in the first half. Have you been hearing about it? No, he doesn't get any national attention because he was acquired for cash from the Philadelphia Phillies before last season. And I'm going to keep saying that because he's been pitching really, really well. Uh, granted, he's pitched a few less innings than some of these guys because he was hurt for you know a couple of weeks earlier in the season, but he still has 89 and a third innings pitched, which is most of the guys on this list of you know top pitchers that are qualified uh, are have between like 91 and 120. So he's not like too far off. He's a couple of start or a couple of innings uh, to get to the low end, and, you know, a few starts away from the higher end of that list, but. Matt Kawahara of the Chronicle wrote a piece recently about Irvin's pace on the mound, and while working quickly can benefit a pitcher, uh, there is definitely one other noticeable difference here that I think we can see, and that is his pitch mix, which I've been saying for about a week now, uh, and that is his pitch mix from last season to this season, and the difference there is that he's mixing his pitches more, which keeps hitters guessing. We all know he doesn't throw terribly hard. He throws like 93 with his heater, which isn't great, but you know when he came on the podcast in spring training last year, he said that he's a location guy, and you know 93 isn't you know anything to sniff at from the left side for sure, but you know, he's he's more of a location guy. He wants to hit his spots. He doesn't want to walk guys. And you, you see that a little bit with how he does attack hitters because he's trying to get to his spot before the batter can get the bat to that spot. And that's what he's trying to do on the mound. And last year, he tossed his four-seam fastball 40% of the time. And this year, he's right around 30%. He has dropped that thing 10%, which is a lot. Um, hitters are batting 196 this year compared to 258 last year on that pitch. And he's also seen his whiff rate go up by 2%. So not knowing that it's coming, 93 even, it, major league hitters can hit 93. That They can kind of get fooled and hit 93. But his whiff rate is still up 2% because he's throwing it a little bit less. And so you got to, you know, find what works for you and this is working for him right now. He also increased his sinker usage by 5.5% from 19 to 24 and a half. Um, and while it's getting hit a little bit harder, the launch angle on those sinkers is down 2 degrees to 12 degrees. And so that's... Sure, he gives up a couple more hits, but he's not going to be giving up home runs on that pitch because it's kind of hard to hit a ball out if it's going out at 12 degrees on average. Uh, I mean, obviously, you can get one hit into the ground and then have one hit at 20 degrees, and that's a that's a nice little launch angle for a home run. But, you know, 12 degrees, not bad, honestly. You, you kind of like that. But the most noticeable difference on up any pitch outside of his fastball usage going down is that his curveball usage has gone up. During the winter, I asked just aloud on the podcast by myself uh, if the curve should just be scrapped altogether be, and just replaced with a cutter because it would be a different you know, angle uh, for 
you know, righties to be hitting. And uh, also batters hit 440 against his curveball last year. And it was in limited opportunities, but it didn't feel like that was a pitch that was working for him. And uh, four of the 88 that were put in play were hit out of the park. That's a lot. That's a very high home run rate on a curveball. So, uh, you know, he added the cutter, which he didn't say that I was directly responsible for, but he did come on the podcast like a month after I said that and said he's been working on a cutter, and I'm going to say that it's me. And he listened to the podcast and was like, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to throw a cutter. So I have been quietly in my personal life taking all of the kudos for this cutter. <laughs> but also, he started using the curveball this season after I said, you just, just scrap that sucker. He's throwing it 15% more often uh, for a total of 18%. He was throwing it 3% of the time last year. Now he's throwing it 18% of the time. And heading into the week, uh, Irvin's curveball had his highest whiff percentage of any pitch. Any pitch, and that's at 28.2. Uh, when I originally wrote this uh, two starts ago, it was over. It was like 30.2, which was really high for him. He's only had one pitch in his career that had a 30% whiff rate, and that was in the 2020 shortened season when he threw his changeup, and that uh, he, he threw 22 of them, and like 30 point you know three or whatever uh of the time it was whiffed on so um not a very big sample size on that one so a 28.2 on this changeup that he is throwing 18 percent of the time is a big deal for cole urban to have a swing and miss pitch that is huge he is throwing 233 curveballs this season which is nearly triple his total from last season and he's thrown over 90 fewer innings so he is really concentrated how many curveballs he's throwing. And you can see that with the 18% usage on that curveball. It's been a super effective pitch. And kudos to Cole Irvin to figuring that out. He's like, the way that I'm using it is not working. What if we just really dive in on this one? And that's what he's done. That's great. And that all said, Cole's expected ERA this season is not necessarily where you want to see it. It's two runs higher than where his ERA sits. So he's like a five and a half uh, expected ERA guy. So maybe the wheels fall off in the second half. But from what I've, you know, had him say to me on the podcast and, you know, just watching him a little bit, it does feel like he can adapt to what the hitter is doing and figure out what they're doing and then readjust his game on a game to game basis and also a pitch-to-pitch or an at-bat-to-at-bat basis. And I think that he will continue to be effective. Maybe not quite a 332 ERA effective, you know, Garrett Cole effective, but I think that he will be an effective starter for the rest of the season. Uh, Maybe I'm, uh, you know, biased because he's been on the podcast twice. Uh, Returning guest, Cole Irvin. But um, I think that he's a very solid addition. I've really liked watching Cole Irvin pitch. And, uh, you know, hopefully this, uh, this helps you understand what Cole Irvin's doing out there. Um, they, they said that it was Paul Blackburn's curveball, but no, 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 no. It's Cole Irvin's curveball that's really doing the heavy lifting with that 28.2% whiff rate. But uh, I got a little bit more coming up for you guys. I got news on Frankie Montas. Not necessarily what the beat reporters are saying, what the national reporter Ken Rosenstahl is saying, and that's only because Frankie Montas is straight bait. So uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about David McKay and see why the A's picked him up because his stats are not great in the majors. So we'll get into all that. But first, 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's uh, Major League Baseball season. That's all that's going on right now. Sure, you had the playoffs before. You got the NFL season around the corner, but right now, baseball is king. So go to BetOnline. Bet on some baseball, you guys. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Those are all in season. There you go. MMA, boxing, and golf. And baseball, my friends. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. You guys are enjoying the show. Make sure to give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Pods or wherever you guys can rate your po- your whatever podcast platform is your podcast platform. Make sure to give us a five-star review. It really helps. I like seeing us rising in the rankings. I've been taking all of the phones from my coworkers and be like, hey, can you unlock this for me? I'm going to give my podcast a five-star review. So I'm cheating, but uh, come get me. <laughs> all right. Uh, also, follow the podcast at Lockdown A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter, but let's get into it. Frankie Montas has not made a start in about a week and a half. And Martin Gallegos tweeted out before the game that Mark Kotze said that there is optimism. Frankie Montas can start this weekend, but nothing is official. He came in today feeling sore, but played catch and felt better throughout. They'll take it day by day. Cole Irvin starts on Friday in Houston. So that is what Martin Gallegos is saying about Frankie Montas and, uh, you know, his whole injury situation, he's he doesn't need surgery. His MRI came back clean. They're just making sure that he's okay to pitch because they don't want to aggravate anything because they do, in fact, want to trade him. So that is a big thing that's looming over this entire Frankie Montas being hurt thing. And at first, Ken Rosenthal actually supported this tweet. Uh, not directly. He said that, Attention, deadline shoppers. Frankie Montas will return to the Athletics rotation this weekend. Sources tell at the Athletic. A decision not yet made whether he will start Saturday or Sunday. Montas, who had tightness in his shoulder through a 25-pitch uh, bullpen session yesterday. That was his original tweet. And then, uh, two hours later, he quote-tweeted that tweet with, Change of plans, according to the source. Montas will not pitch this weekend. He has told the Athletics he wants to throw twice uh, twice more inside sessions, then rejoin the team's rotation the first day out of the All-Star break. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that Ken Rosenthal, and unless things change again, probably has the inside track on that one because he is the national guy, and he's going to make sure that his sources are correct. And, uh, you know, Martin Gallegos does a great job. I'm not dis- discounting the, the job that he does, but he's just saying what Mark Kotze told him and where they're kind of standing. And I think that the the, uh, the source, who is anonymous, is speaking more freely. And uh, so I, I'm not expecting Frankie Montas to make a start this weekend. I would expect him to be pitching on, is it Friday, Saturday, Friday, or pfft, Thursday, Friday, one of those two, uh, out of the All-Star break. I assume it's Friday because it usually is a Friday. Uh, I'm going on, I'm going to Monterey at, on Sunday. So haven't really looked at what the baseball schedule is after the all-star break just yet. So that's my bad, but, uh, yeah, let's say Friday. I assume that Frankie Montas is starting on Friday. He'd have one start before presumably the A's would trade him, which I assume is roughly the plan anyways. 
show teams that he can go in, you know, six, maybe seven innings. But you want to make sure that he can make it through those six or maybe seven innings uh, and be effective. Because if he does not do that and he, you know, gets hurt again or he only goes four or five innings, then that return package is going down and maybe he doesn't get traded. So I think the A's, with Frankie Montas's injury history and his just history of not being able to get through a season, they want to make sure that they can trade him probably sooner rather than later. I know that they can say, we're waiting for the right return package and all that stuff, but do you really want to go into the offseason with, I mean, let's hope that we can move him now and hopefully he gets through the second half of the season and hold on to him through next trade deadline? That doesn't make any sense to me. So I think that this is probably the time that they would want to move Frankie Montas if he is healthy. So, uh, you know, same thing with Sonny Gray back in, what, 2016, 17? Um they were just like, hey, he's finally healthy. We can we can move him. Let's do it. And then they did it. And uh, we got James Caprillion and a couple of other guys that are not in the A system anymore. Thanks, Jorge Mateo. He's fine. He's he's fine. But uh, let's talk about David McKay, who the A's claimed off of waivers from the Tampa Bay Rays. He was also on the Yankees earlier this season. So he's just going through all of the teams currently and... He hasn't had a great major league season just yet, but let's talk about the minors just real quick. Uh, overall, for the season, he has a 386 ERA across 25 and two-thirds innings pitched. He has 29 strikeouts, which is nice. He also has 12 walks, which is not so nice and might be part of the reason why he's been let go a couple of times. Um, he, ha- he has a 129 whip in the minors, which isn't terrible, but it's not necessarily the best like you can get away with that in the majors uh, a 130 let's call it if you're a starter but if you're a reliever you kind of want to have a little you don't want to walk as many guys as what i'm going with here uh, he's also given up 21 hits in that time in those 25 and two-thirds innings um, he is a 27 year old right-handed pitcher he's six foot three 205 um, you know he's all right he was a 2016 uh, draft pick he was in the 14th round by the kansas city royals um, yeah, and then this season in the majors, he's only had four innings, but uh, he gave up four runs. He walked four, struck out one. Not the biggest sample size, but also yeah, not great stats. So the stats haven't been there, but according to his baseball savant page, he does throw uh, average 94 with his fastball and 78 miles with his curve. Um, he's a two-pitch pitcher. His curve spin is also in the 98th percentile, so that's probably why he has been on the Rays and the Yankees this season. Uh, his fastball spin is in the 77th, 77th percentile, and his fastball velocity is roughly middle of the road at 63%. So, um, yeah, it's that curveball that they're really hoping that they can fix. If they can get him to, I assume that that's what he's having trouble locating. Uh, If they can get his location figured out, then, hey, maybe he's something. And the A's are a team that can just take flyers on people and say, hey, what do you got? Uh, Sky Bolt hit a home run, you guys. Maybe David McKay can be a closer. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) But that's all I got for you guys today. Tomorrow, uh, we'll be talking a little bit about Seth Brown because, hey, Seth Brown, he's been fun. It was his birthday today. Happy birthday, Seth Brown. Uh, Today, as as I'm recording this, there's an hour left in the day, so you're not going to be hearing this on his birthday. It was on Wednesday. Uh, He got a hit for his birthday, and he struck out. So, Nobody nobody got him a good birthday present of getting on base ahead of him and letting him go deep. Uh, I think somebody got on base and found him from Doesn't matter. Anyway, um, yeah, we're, we'll be talking a little bit about South Brown as part of the new It Ain't Easy Being Green and Gold segment uh, where we try to shed some light on, uh, hey, 
things aren't terrible all the time. So that's what we're going to be doing on tomorrow's show. Um, So make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can hear that. Don't want to miss an episode. And also thank you guys so much for making the Lockdown Ace your first lesson of the day. Uh, Obviously, Seth Brown topic of tomorrow's episode but now go make your second lesson locked on mlb prospects because host lindsey crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the mlb stars of tomorrow and it's also draft season what better time to subscribe to the locked on mlb prospects podcast i can't think of one it's free and available wherever you guys get podcasts but that's all that i got for you guys today so until next time go out and celebrate good times ace fans and i will talk at you tomorrow